0: I'm Mike Tucker. And I'm Elizabeth Talbot. And we both spend some time in airports, and that gives you the opportunity to <laughs> observe people, and especially children. I think they're the most fun to watch. But you yes. were watching a kid the other day? Yeah, and... last
1: weekend I was watching a child. Um, and we had just arrived to a town, and uh, our luggage was coming out. And we were in the carousel or the belt of, of the baggage claim. Yeah. And this little child wants to play in the actual belt where the luggage is going to mm-hmm. come out. And I've he... seen kids
0: try to do that before. Yes, yeah,
1: so he knows it's the right place for him. And it's the right time now his parents see the light going they know the luggage is coming out and they're like no you're not going to play there right now and and the child is yes I want to play there and and this dialogue of the parents having the whole view of adults like I was seeing Mm -hmm. that that this child actually would be in danger if he kept playing at that point at that time yeah um it reminded me of how God's view of our timing and our view is. You know, yeah. sometimes I, I'm i probably telling God, I want to be in this place right now. Let me, you know, do this. And God is saying, no, not now. You don't the, understand the belt's the cons- about to
0: start. Yeah. <laughs> the, the suitcase is coming your way. <laughs>
1: yes, yes.
0: You know, the, the good thing about this kid is that he had parents who were looking out for him. I've been in airports where I saw kids playing on that thing. Mm-hmm. And their parents were completely oblivious. And I remember once <laughs> wow. the belt started and it knocked the kid off. He fell Ooh. on the floor, Whoa, wow. hit his head and was crying. His parents had not paid any attention attention to him. And so at least well, your kid and your yeah, parents, and parents that, that were watching for him and knew the, the right thing for this kid to do.
1: Yeah, and it's very interesting when you see parents actually telling no to their children, when you get to see why they're saying not yeah. now. They're not saying, no, don't have fun. No, you can't ever play there. He's saying, not now. And yeah. you don't understand why. Uh, today we are going to talk about the third unquestionable. We mm-hmm. have already done number one, God delights in me uh, last Monday. And then we did number two, which was God has a planned for me uh, yesterday, and today we're doing the third one, which is...
0: God's timing is perfect. His timing is always perfect. We don't see the beginning from the end. He does. His timing is right.
1: Yeah, we, we don't see the things he sees, and that's why we need to come to trust his timing. For and I got to
0: tell you that this is one that I've struggled with in the past even Absolutely. more than anything else because, you know, there are times when I get so upset with him, I think that his timing is off. I've threatened to buy him a watch. God <laughs> says, no, thank you. I don't need your watch because you, your watch doesn't tell the right time. My time is the right yes, time. Yes, because
1: he has the whole, the whole view that's of right. the situation. That's right. Uh, as you know, we have chosen a... A little mini biography to go through each one of these unquestionables and today is Elijah. Now most of us know Elijah to be this mighty prophet that would oh, pour, yeah. that would pray and rain would come and he would pray and rain would stop and I mean
0: So what do we have in common with Elijah? I mean you know this is a man of God <laughs> a man who, who performed resurrection a man who all sorts of crazy things this guy did I've never done any of those.
1: Yes and, and you know what the striking thing is uh, the book of James chapter 5 in the New Testament starts the story of, of Elijah saying um, verse 17 uh,
0: Elijah was a man with a nature like ours, and he prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the earth for three years and six months.
1: Then he prayed again, and the sky poured rain, and earth produced its fruit. And and I'm going, yeah. And what does it have, the first sentence saying, he had a nature like ours? Like
0: ours, and he prayed, and it didn't rain for, are you kidding me? <laughs> the, the, you know, that's, it's that's nothing like me.
1: I told I told Mike this morning that if he lived in California, we would never have drought, yeah, because every time that
0: the Mike comes to, to record, we get rain. It is crazy. It's <laughs> raining cats and dogs outside now in California. They say that we're in a desert. I, I don't believe it. Seventy yes. percent of the time I come here, it's yes, raining. He the Southern rain. Cal, I bring the rain.
1: Yeah, but see, he, Elijah has this mighty power, this connection with God, and we're told that he's like us. And and when we look at this, his story, it's, it's hard to believe that this prophet who lived in the ninth century and and is trying to bring back Israel to, to God actually has anything to do with us, yeah, in common with us. His
0: job was to turn the hearts of the people, to turn them back to God, and he did this in mighty ways, incredible things that this man did. And I think, you know, I'm I'm nothing at all like this guy, and yet James is telling me my nature is like his.
1: Yeah. So let's go to First Kings when we get a little bit of his um, success. Uh, actually, if you have time to read the whole biography, it's really fascinating. For example, in First Kings chapter seventeen, Elijah predicts that there will be drought. Mm-hmm. He, he makes this
0: this um, this prediction, this prophecy, and then he prays that it. It will come true. It does
1: because and then then he goes to live in this in this house of a widow that God sends him and the, the widow's son dies mm-hmm. and Elijah resurrects him. I mean, it's still we are still puzzled by this statement that he's like us. I mean, I have never performed a resurrection. No, have you?
0: no, that's not happened to me.
1: Yes, and so then the next thing is he calls everybody to Mount Carmel and now we're in First Kings chapter eighteen and. Everybody shows up, and he does something uh, magnificent. Actually, yeah, he,
0: he stares down the the priest of the of the foreign god, of the priest of Baal, the prophets of Baal, I think there were four hundred and fifty of them, and four hundred prophets of Asherah, and and they are all on Jezebel's payroll, and they're there to face down uh, Elijah. And so they both build an altar, and Elijah's altar is is burning like crazy, even though he's doused it with waters, and and the other can't even get a spark in that dry time. It hadn't rained in three and a half years. They can't. Get Get a spark.
1: Let, let me read First uh, Kings 18, starting with verse 37, when Elijah is actually praying to God, Answer me, O Lord, answer me, that this people may know that you, O Lord, are God. And then verse 38, The fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt offering and the wood and the stones and the dust and licked up the water that was in the trench. <laughs> I mean, this is a powerful prophet. Yeah. This is why it's so hard to understand then what happens on chapter 19. Yeah,
0: and in 18, he seems to be so cocky, so full of confidence, because he's even making fun of the the prophets (laughs) of Baal and Asherah, maybe maybe he's gone on a trip, maybe he can't hear you, maybe he's indisposed, I don't know. And so he's making fun of them, and then he prays, and, and here comes this fire. So, I mean, this is a man who stared down this wicked Queen Jezebel. He has stood these prophets and stood them off and beat them, and now something happens in 19.
1: In 19, Elijah goes to what we call a burnout. Um, the burnout, uh, we we have heard many people talk about, you know, I'm burned out. The truth is burnout psychologically is a gap between where you are and where you think you should be at this time. Mm-hmm. So let's say I'm in ministry or, or in a family and or some people say, well, I am single and I'm 40 years old. I should have been married by now with three children or my, my church should be full of people. Yeah. And, and so when the gap gets very large between where you think you should be at this time and where you actually are then people experience what's called the burnout.
0: Yeah, burnout. Uh, for men, it can be burnout, it can be midlife crisis, because when you reach my age... Yes, the age which of, is, uh, the, quite,
1: you know, what quite high in uh, years. Th-
0: thank you so much. <laughs> when you reach your 50s and you suddenly realize that maybe all those plans and those dreams, those aspirations you had are not going to come true because you're running out of years to make them happen, then that gap between where you are and where you thought you would be can turn you into, uh, you can have depression, you can have midlife crisis, you can do crazy things, you can give up and just kind of to lose hope. And this
1: happens to Elijah, and this is the first time in his life where now we can say, oh, yes, he has a nature like us, because we are prone to to not only question God's timing, but get so depressed about where we are now, not knowing that he views a whole different view of reality. And on chapter 19 of 1 Kings, uh, this gap between where he his ministry is and what he thinks it should be is so strong that he becomes suicidal in verse 4. I mean, can you imagine the prophet of God suicidal? Uh,
0: But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a juniper tree and he requested for himself that he might die and said, it is enough. Now, Lord... Take my life For I am not better Than my father's He lay down And slept under A juniper tree uh, So he he is depressed And I've been there I've been so depressed I've never asked God to kill me But I have been depressed Because I, I figured that Hey you know Where I'm supposed to be And where I am Those two don't match
1: Yes and sometimes Economy does that to us yes. Sometimes family Does that to us Sometimes, sometimes, it's sometimes it's career profession And it's just things That you're going like You know this is not The right time You shouldn't be here now And it, this is one Of the unquestionable Questionables we want to give you for 2010. Even if you don't understand um, what it is that's happening to you and the time, still trust God's timing. If you don't, if you can't see the whole thing, anyways. Don't
0: don't believe that where you are is not where you should be. With your circumstances, God takes you right where you are. You trust Him, and He's going to get you where He wants you at the right time.
1: And you find him in 1 Kings chapter 19, verse 14, telling the Lord, I'm the only one left. Yeah. I am, nothing's happening. The, the, you know, the, the, the altars of, of, of foreign gods are still around, and, and it ends by saying, I alone am left, and they seek my life to take it away. So what's the point?
0: I'm the last faithful man on the planet. <laughs>
1: yes, that's right.
0: <laughs> so you sense this all aloneness, and that is a, a very real characteristic of depression and burnout. I'm all alone. I'm in this by myself. No yes. one cares. Yeah. I'm in this alone.
1: Yes. And God says on verse 15, make an 180 degree turn. Yeah. <laughs> he says, the Lord said to him, go, return on your way to the wilderness of Damascus. And when you have arrived... You have a lot of things to do because you don't understand the, yeah. the, the, the point here. You're going to anoint a new king. You're going to have Elisha who's going to actually succeed you. There's a lot of things for you to do. Stop mm-hmm. asking me to die because you don't understand my timing.
0: And he said, oh, by the way, I've got 7,000 <laughs> other prophets besides you who have not bowed the knee to Baal. So you're not alone. i got 7,000 more right over here who have still remained faithful to me. You are not alone.
1: Yeah, he says that in verse 18, trying to give Elijah the big picture because yeah. God's big picture what he was seeing he He saw the luggage that was coming he saw the light going on and Elijah is like a little boy at this moment like all of us this yeah. is a nature like ours saying no this is the time this is what and God is saying no 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 you don't understand yeah. and it's interesting because Elijah actually shows up in Jesus' life
0: yeah and first of all God tells him you're not going to finish this work another coming after you Elisha so don't worry about it I, I've got my timing is right but then so Elijah just show up again later Elijah does not face death
1: no he he's not not one of those people that faces death he goes to heaven uh, without tasting death and, and it, perhaps you remember in luke chapter 9 uh, verse 31 and on that actually he will um, be there in the transfiguration when jesus needed some support he, himself
0: he comforted jesus in his dark hour so here's the bottom line for you folks uh, you may not be where you think you should be doesn't matter you trust god god's timing is perfect he's going to get you where you need to be at the right time god's timing is always perfect. Thank you for joining us today on Jesus 101. For more insights and resources, connect with us at jesus101.tv. That's jesus101.tv. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash jesus101institute and follow us on Twitter at jesus101media. Until next time, live free.